You guys can go ahead and be seated. So great to start the new year with all of you here. I know it might feel a little crowded, but I think it's exciting to have so many people with us for the new year. Yeah. We do have front seats. If you're waiting for a seat, there's a whole row. <laughs> there's also a row over there. So come, come on up, join us, or just stare at people until they scoot in. Just stand on the end of the row and stare at them. <laughs> okay. So we, like I said, we're very excited you guys are here today. We are excited for this new year at Hill City. We've been talking a lot about what the new year looks like for Hill City and everything that that's going to entail. And we want to be able to share some of that with you guys and um, share some different voices, have some people from our church community who are involved in what's going to be happening in this new year. But the new year is also a time to look back. So as we're going through the first three weeks of January, we're going to be doing a series where we go through our vision, mission, and values and just talk about how those have been taking place at Hill City and how they're going to continue to take place at Hill City in the year to come. So we're really excited for this series. And part of that is going to be sharing with you, um, like I said, some different voices from our community, some people who have been involved in ministry here. And since this first week is on the vision, we're going to be talking about our vision statement, which is lighting up our city uh, with a tangible love of Jesus, uh, socially, or spiritually, socially, and physically. So spiritually, of course, in the proclamation of the gospel and sharing the good news and sharing what Jesus has done for us and through our time on Sunday morning, sharing the word of God. And then we'll also talk about socially, how we have been working to confront uh, social poverty in our community and what that means in a tangible way uh, we'll be sharing in a moment. And also physically, how we address physical needs, not just um, through meals and through financial help, but also through the physical needs of people in um, getting connections and getting jobs and different things like that. So we have a vision for that at Hill City, and we hope you're going to join with us if you haven't already and seeing that vision come to fruition in the new year as well. So I'm going to invite a few people up here, uh, Monica, Ricardo, and Candice, who are all going to share. Yeah, give them a hand. So they're real stage people, you can tell how, with how reluctantly they came up here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I'm going to have you guys just introduce yourselves briefly. I know a lot of people know you, but just in case. And then share one way that you've been involved in seeing the, um, or two ways for some of you I know, uh, one way that the vision of Hill City to light up the city with the love of Jesus um, has been fulfilled in something you've been involved in this last year. I was trying to go last, but it did not work out the way we sat. So happy new year. It's so glad. I'm so glad to see all you guys. Um, one of the major ways that um, I've been involved in for the past couple years, and some of you have really started to um, take part in that and go every month, uh, is Urban Outreach. And so if you don't know what Urban Outreach is, it's um, every second Thursday we go downtown um, to Five Points, and it's around 5.15. We help set up, and we partner with them. And so every month, um, Gabe Park, he makes really good fusion food. Um, he makes a meal for them. Um, so they can serve it to the homeless. And then a lot of you have gone and experienced that with us um, and helped us serve. It's actually one of my favorite things to do. I always say, you just have to go. Um, it's hard to get there at that time sometimes, but um, it's hard to get there at that time, but it's so worth it. Once you get there, you're like, I'm so glad I did this. And you end up leaving way more blessed and um, just inspired uh, by these people. Um, then, then you like give back to them if that makes sense. So thank you guys who have supported us and helped us in serving there. And if you're interested, um, this next Thursday on the 9th, we'll be going there at 5.15. We meet there. If you want to carpool, we carpool. But um, it's just such a blessing to be able to serve those that are less fortunate, but then them still be so grateful um, for us serving them. So um, you'll come home feeling very um, 
just grateful. And so that's something that I love that we do and that you can be a part of. So I'm Monica. Um, Woo! Just kidding. All right. All right, I'm going to shake off the jitters. Um, no, so we started Community Tables, and it was three months ago. So I think it was September was when, or October is when we started. And um, I think for us, it was just reaching out and being able to do something that we love. And the church has provided support in that, and um, in that we're doing, we're serving the vision of the church, um, reaching our community with with love. I mean, we invite everybody in not only church members, but everybody from the community, no matter their beliefs, no matter who they are, you know, what they look like, whatever. Um, and that's just us being able to connect with people. And it's really important. Um, it's important to our hearts. And that's something that we love to do. And we just can't wait to do it more throughout the years to come. So. Hello. I'm Ricardo or Rico. I don't know how you guys know me, but. Um, so the thing that I guess is something that Monica and I started with our family was going out to downtown Denver on Christmas morning, serving breakfast to the homeless, you know, gathering packages together and um, making presents for them. Uh, so in the last couple of years, the church has been really supportive with that with us and has donated a lot of stuff. And they allowed us to have set up in the back to raise funds or you know, donated stuff on their own, and people that wanted to come out and actually, you know, experience what we do. You know, I know the Mitchells, they've, they've gone with us the last couple of years, and they told me for first hand that they absolutely loved it. So, I mean, it's one of those things where, as a church, we are trying to serve our community, but, you know, still, it's like a global outreach, but it's locally, you know what I mean? And that's something that John's always said is like we gotta try to be an impact globally and locally. So aside from it being Thornton, we're going downtown Denver, and that's something that we do as well. So as I've been here, and I've just been here for about a year now, um, one of the things I love about Hill City is just being able to see how much uh, practical outreach Hill City does in all the ways that um, they've just mentioned, but also in things we haven't mentioned, like doing uh, homeless bags uh, that they do in the kids' ministry or different projects throughout the year, even with kids and youth. And just being able to see how from the youngest to the oldest, uh, the Hill City community has really stepped in to fulfill this vision of reaching other people and welcoming the community in just like Jesus would have us do. So uh, the next question is, as you guys look forward to 2020, if you could think of your wildest dreams, I guess, for these particular ministries or maybe for something else, what is your hope or vision for the vision of Hill City being carried forward? Um, for me, I think it's really important to continue to partner with Urban Outreach. Um, it's something we've done actually since they've been open. Um, so we helped them totally revamp their building and everything when they first started. And so for me, it's something where it's like, uh, you make a commitment and you stick to it and you partner with them um, as they need partners. Um, so a different church comes every Thursday and helps them serve. So I think that it's, um, it's, it's huge and they just, they're usually full every single week and they send home take-home dinners. If they can send home three take-home dinners, they send home three take-home dinners, you know, and so it's just so cool to see. Um, and then something else for me is just, you know, um, just broadening like I'm so proud of Monica and Rico and this will make me emotional um but I'm so proud of them for saying like we need a way to invite our community in and how are we going to do that and that might look like the first community dinner it being 10 people but if one person came from our community that's all that matters and so I don't want to like still there vision for that um but i uh i am so proud for them just running and going with it and that sometimes it might not be a hundred people coming in this place to eat but if it is one person that is lonely and that has no friends um and that needs a place where they can feel welcomed and it's hard for them to come in on a sunday then i love 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 that we you guys have made that happen. So that's huge for me. This park across the street, like it's done now. 
now. So I see like, I see hangouts with you guys after Sunday service in the summer. I see like, go get your lunch. Like, let's go hang out in the park, invite your, invite your neighbors, invite your family, invite your friends. Um, I see a lot in our future and that we just need to continue, um, just knowing that sometimes we might feel a certain way, we might feel alone, um, but other people, they don't even have a church family to go to, you know, in some of their hardest moments, maybe in loss or in, in family crisis and things like that. So I think that's where we, we do become, like, um, extended outside of this building, and we can become like Jesus and just welcome them in. Just come eat with me. Come to the park with me and hang out with my crazy church family. You know, I'm, I'm calling me crazy, not you. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, I see that. I see that, and I love that about us, about you guys. So, well, I have nothing to say. <laughs> Just kidding. No, um, <laughs> I think it's crazy. If I could be 100% complete, completely honest, um, I think it's this uh, church dinner, the community tables that we're doing, I, I just want it to grow. I want it to be infectious um, to everybody within these doors and everybody outside of the doors. I want authenticity for our community, for the people that are here. I want you guys to be able to come in and help us serve. Um, I, I just see it being something that could be so authentic and people to... Um, they're not going to be able to resist the authenticity to come in these doors and say, I can be who I am, and I'm accepted for who I am, and that is that. And these people are amazing, and they're loving, and they want to give back to us. And not even they want to give back to us, but um, how can we help, you know, for the community to come in and say, I want to help, and I want to cook with you, or I want to do whatever. Um, I think this is just a door that's opening, and I just see Hill City... Uh, I don't know, over the years, I ju I've just seen it grow so much, but I think taking that next step for everybody that's in these chairs today, I mean, taking that next step to say, to use um, what God has placed on your heart, you know, to serve wherever you feel like you can be used the most, that's what I've, I see for the vision of Hill City, is everybody's talents in this room, whether it be serving, whether it be, um, you know, if you like theatrical stuff, doing stuff with the youth, I just... I just want everybody's talents in this room to be used. That's how Ricardo and I got started, and um, I can't wait for everybody to be used in, in this church and in this community. Uh, for me, I would have to say that uh, where I want to see the Christmas outreach, which we call the Christ Mass in the city, which is... So Christ, obviously talking about Jesus, mas in Spanish means more. So what we're trying to do is bring more of Christ into the city. So for that, what, what I would like to see is to see our gener younger kids, you know, my, my son and his friends and, you know, all the other little kids that, are, that went with us, you know. It was so amazing just to see all these little kids. You would think they'd be afraid, you know, oh, it's a homeless guy or a homeless woman. Like, what do I say? What do I do? But they enjoy it. They go out, they have bags, like, here's a bag, or here's a water bottle. Do you need a toothbrush? Like, it was, it was just, just to see how much joy they had serving others. And that, for me, is something that I want to continue for our youth to see, is something to say, hey, I took my time on Christmas morning where society made it about gifts, and I actually presented something to somebody else, and I was able to bring a Christmas morning to someone who doesn't have that no more. So, you know, it's one of those things where I want to see it grow in the sense that the younger generation starts to take over it. You know, it's one of those things that Monica, we, me and Monica were talking about the other day. We're, we wanted to get to a point where we are no longer taking care of it, but we're helping out with it. You know, so allowing somebody of youth to come up and say, hey, I have an idea for this. Like, can I try it? Absolutely. You know, like we're here to start it you know, work through it, work out all the kinks, and hopefully bring up somebody else who's willing to do the same. So that kind of leads to our, our last question, which is just if you guys could tell, uh, say one thing to somebody who's like considering getting involved at Hill City, whether that's, you know, in one of these ministries or outreaches that's mentioned or in another way, if there's one thing you could tell them about that experience of getting involved, what would it be? 
This is the first thing that came to my mind. Just do it. Um, I think sometimes we are hesitant because we think we need to be in a certain place. We need to be a certain type of person. We need to be in this perfect place with God or other people. But really, God's just like, just follow my lead, you know? Just do what I would do. And um, so none of us are perfect. If we waited till we were perfect, you know, this church wouldn't be happening, basically. Um, just do it. Just step out in faith with whatever the passion God is that, that, that God has put in your heart and step out in faith. And then he will equip you where you feel less adequate. Um, and I would just say, you will always turn, you will always end up being like, thank you, God, that I did that. Because it's going to end up being more of a blessing and a fulfillment in your heart. And that's not why we do it, but just from obedience. Um, because we do it because we need to be obedient and we need to use those talents and gifts God's given us. And then he's going to use you beyond what you can imagine. So I would say just do it. Just take that tiny step out. And then the next week, take another step. <laughs> so. Yep. Um, no, I, I honestly agree with Candace. And it's funny because I heard this thing that said um, delayed in obedience is still disobedience. So even though you push it off, and that's definitely who I am, I do it because I'm afraid, or I was afraid to do it because I was afraid of failure. Um, I talk about that all the time. But um, I would just say, even if you're afraid, do it. You know, whatever you think, and this is just 100%, whatever God has put on your heart and you have a passion for, Hill City will support you. John and Candace are amazing. You guys are supportive and um, so loving. And there's not a lot of places that do that, that will support you 100% with whatever vision you have, as long as it's to ben not to benefit, but to, um, to love on people. And it's, you know, it's something that you want to do to give back or to, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. They will support you 100%. So what I would say is um, don't wait and don't be afraid. And yes, it is scary. And um, it may not happen like you thought it would the very first time or the second or the third or the fourth. But guess what? As long as you continue doing what God has called you to do, then that's at least you and God are good. You know, you, he's calling you to do it and you may not see it for years or months or days or whatever. But um, just be obedient to what God has called you to do. Uh, for me, I would I would just encourage you to not give up if you try something that's not something that fits you personally you're like oh maybe i want to try helping out in in kids you know it's a little rough back there it might not be for you guys i'm not gonna lie um you know for myself like i've I, i've helped everywhere i've helped with sound i've helped with setup when we were at the middle school tear down like i was i was the type of guy I was like okay i'm gonna help out wherever i need to help out i mean i like it but i'm, I'm helping out and then eventually it got to the point where we're leading these, this, this outreach ministry and it's something that we both have a heart for. So it doesn't, don't be discouraged if you jump into something thinking like, oh, this is what called, God called me to do. It may not be. It may be, you know, hey, maybe you need to learn something new. Like go learn how to do vid audio, video. Like it's something that you'd be surprised you learn so much from something that you would never think you would have to do. Like going back behind there, it's a lot. Like you don't understand there's a lot of buttons, and it's very intimidating, but it's very cool because now I can say, hey, I know how to run a soundboard, which not a lot of people know how to say, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, like Nike just said, just do it, honestly. You're going to, you'll enjoy it. It'll bring you a piece. It's just a blast once you find your niche, so. Just uh, thank these guys for coming up here and sharing with us. So we're going to have John come up. I just want to encourage you again, just so you know, this wasn't, like I know some of you have been getting my emails and you're like, this is just a ploy to get me to volunteer. Well, it is, but <laughs> it's, also, it's also just an encouragement to see where the vision of Hill City might be fulfilled in your life at work, um, at, in your life with your family, uh, in so many different ways that aren't necessarily volunteering at Hill City, though that could be a part of it, so consider it. But uh, just getting you to consider how you fit in with a vision of the place you've called your church home. So just think about that and uh, uh, consider that as we move in these weeks ahead.
Thank you, guys. Give a hand a hand. I just want to begin uh, with us just praying. I know that uh, that's what you would expect, but that's what we should expect. We should ask God before we ask how we feel. Like, God, what would you like me to do? How, how do you want me to pace my life, plan my life this year? Because uh, what's most important is uh, my obedience to you. If you're God, then I want to be obedient. So I'm gonna, let us just uh, take a moment and just ask God. Spirit of God, just speak to our hearts today. I know that people come from all sorts of backgrounds today, but uh, I believe that you can speak to all of us, God, from whatever age, from youth to children, to all of us that might feel like I don't have a place, I'm telling us, Lord God, this is the family of God, and I pray let us be led by your mission to accomplish your vision for this church, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to open up with three verses or three passages, all red words by Jesus. Uh, I call them the Great Command, the Great Commission, and the Great Invitation. So if you have your Bibles, please go to Matthew 22. All right. We're going to jump around Matthew, and then we're going to run right in. And today is a little different. It's just I'm going to inform you what has happened today um, or this year and uh, last year already messed up, all right? I'm going to read uh, Matthew 22, 37 to 40. It says, Jesus replied, love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Drink that in. And the second is like it. And he's not saying that maybe there's a second. This is part two of this whole loving part, right? This is the first and the greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's very hard. Sometimes I ask myself, neighbor, how do you want me to love you? Because then I'm like, all right, I'm going to move your snow because that's how I would like to be loved. You know, you start asking yourself in that sort of way. It starts to change your action. Then it says, all the law of the prophets hang on these two commands. Then in Matthew 28, in 18 to 20, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority has been given. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus is saying, I got the power, right? Verse 19, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Say, all nations. I'm telling you, heaven is diverse, my friends. It's very diverse. You might live next to a, a Korean right? One day in heaven. You never know. Heaven is a diverse place. It's a beautiful place with cultures and beauty. That's how God had it planned for us. All nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, are a triune God, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you to the very ends of the age. And then Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, which is my favorite that all of us at some point will need to hear, says, come to me. And he's asking you today, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. This thing that looks like something we carry together. Take my yoke upon you and, I, and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. You, you, do you know what a yoke is? A yoke of, you put on an animal, it's like this bar that you connect. And I should have just bought one. That was too cheap. This, I, was, I was trying to negotiate on Facebook Marketplace. I should have just bought it. I don't know if you do that. I'm just a very cheap, cheap Korean, and that's what I do, right? But just imagine this yoke, this bar that's on my back. And then, Ethan, can I use you for a second? Yeah, come right up here. And imagine the same bar on Ethan, right? Like this bar is on his neck and my neck. Guess who's doing all the pulling, right? And I imagine Jesus being much 
much bigger. And when we're carrying something, Ethan's like, is that something even on my back? And he's just pulling. He's like, no, I'm just wanting you to learn from me. Jesus is telling us, I'm not asking you to carry the world. I'm asking you to trust me to carry it with me. And this yoke on Ethan doesn't feel like anything because Jesus is carrying the weight of life. I should have bought a yoke. I blame myself. All right? Go ahead, Ethan. Thank you so much. Give Ethan a hand. But when, we, when Jesus talks about a weight, we're like, oh, this weight. And he's like, just wait and carry it and see what it feels like. You're going to enjoy like, man, life with Jesus is incredible. He's not teaching you how to carry weight. He's teaching you his way of life. And we're going to go right deeper into that. But that's the great command, the great commission. I call that the great invitation because we are all invited to rest in Jesus, except we rest in ourselves most, right? We're like, ah, this is going to be hard. And then here's Monica and Rico. It's like, it's so awesome to give and be generous. And like on Christmas Day, watching these kids are like, that sounds hard. But it's because we haven't been carrying the yoke. On urban outreach, the Millers always go, and they're carrying this yoke, and their kids are just like, you'll see pictures up there. They're just joyfully, like, serving the homeless, and you're just like, oh, my kids will never do that. You never know until you carry the yoke. That's the invitation that Jesus has for us, but we're like, oh, that's going to be too hard. And he's like, you don't even understand what I have for you. If you would understand what I have for you, you would jump into it. You would, and that's why he always says, trust me on this. Why are you so anxious? We fear not. And what he's saying is, if you would trust me, if you would trust me, you would see the glory of God. Isn't that what he said? all over. He says, trust me, trust me, fear not. And he's, I believe that is God, that is what Jesus is asking Hill City today. Fear not. No more trusting yourself when I said, come on, carry this with me. Uh, For those who are new, my name is John, and uh, just so glad that you're here today because you're hearing the vision, especially at the beginning of the year. We make plans for everything, financial plans, vacation plans, plans to somehow keep our kids with the in-laws so we can get away, right? right? We have plans for so many things. Weight loss plans. I have that going. I'm like, 30 pounds in 30 days. No, I didn't say that. I was just like, come on, John. You could do this, right? And for some, and I'm not going to go into that. And I want you to have a plan to join Jesus this year. Not a plan for spirituality, but a, a plan to say, God, I want to carry what you, want, what you asked us to carry. A plan of discipleship. A plan of knowing Jesus. And there's a particular way he wants us to know him. I know there, there's been so much change in the last year. We've moved into this place last year. Uh, for, uh, for those who don't know our story, we've been here for one year now. We were in Shadow Ridge Middle School for seven years before that, setting up and tearing down and wondering if our truck would run every Sunday. I would I'd be in tears in that truck, and I would have a hammer and ether, right? I'd be hitting that thing. Hopefully, it's starting. I don't know what I'm doing, right? I'm just spraying things in there and starting the truck and hitting the truck. And, hope, and sometimes it works. I'm amazed that it does. I'm amazed that it does. Uh, but we ended up here after a prayer night. We've had the opportunity to be here. And we've always wanted to love the city deep. We always wanted to take one more step towards people in the city because this is our city. We were actually given another building outside of uh, Thornton, and we said no. We said, that's not our city. That's not where our calling is. Our desire is for people in this place. And and our our mission is to light up our city with the tangible love of Jesus, spiritually, socially, and physically. And, and, And I believe those are the three poverties Thornton faces most, right? Spiritual poverty. Most people in our city do not believe they need a savior, right? Most people, most of us, let's, let's get real. Most of us are very self-reliant, isn't it true? Self-reliant, and we can get, in the, the culture or the system of the world is very individualistic, like I'm gonna do best for me, right? And, 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 and Jesus is like, man, I'm calling you to something different. And when you focus on what is best for me, you fall right into consumerism, like I'm not a consumer, and then we look at our bank account, we're like, I'm a consumer, right? I'm always on Facebook Marketplace. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you on that for? I'm like, I don't know, because I need to buy something, right? And it's very funny, and I didn't, I shouldn't, maybe shouldn't go this way, but I am. But uh, the American system is for us to stay consumers, right? Right? We are, we, even, even in church, we are trained to be consumers, right? During 9-11, the aftermath, 
President George Bush got on TV and he says, we want you. Not, he didn't say, pray for this country and like, man, to be a good neighbor. He says, we need you to shop. That's what he said. Isn't that pretty crazy? What we need you to do is shop because there is a God of this world that keeps us distracted. Is individualism. It's, it's like, what can I do for me? And as long as we're distracted with the system of life that is not the gospel, we cannot live the, the, the kingdom of God or the plan of God for our life because we will stay distracted. We will stay like, what is best for me? When God is like, man, the joy that you would find when you are out there on Christmas Eve and the joy of your children when they're, when they're giving of themselves. Do you believe God when he says, bless, you are more blessed to give than to receive? It doesn't feel like that's the truth until you live it, until you carry the yoke, until you carry the yoke. But there's a spiritual poverty. We have people in, in our culture or in, in our city that is seeking, seeking this individual or this self-seeking consumerism, but at the end, it, it leads to loneliness. It leads to emptiness, and some of us feel it today. But we're hardworking people, this city. <laughs> but, but all this accumulation and all this individualism, all this consumerism still is not enough for you, right? Because in Ecclesiastes 3.11, the, the writer writes that God has put eternity in man's heart, meaning that there is eternity in our hearts, and the only thing that can fill eternity is the eternal, which is God himself. It's just true. We, we, on this search, it's God himself, right? And our ways, after a while, just leads to frustration, sinfulness, and this void of heart. Yet, there's hope in Christ, there, there's, so think of that spiritual poverty. Then there's a social poverty, which, uh, which you know, we, you can call it relational poverty. But in our city, we have nice stuff, nice houses, nice cars, good jobs, right? We really do. We did a demographic study in this place. But people who feel entirely alone, people who have hundreds of friends on Facebook, but no one who knows them. That's a poverty of relationship, of belonging. They're, uh, they're going to put up a slide. Put up that next slide. When I put up a, I, on Nextdoor, right, and if you don't have the Nextdoor app, it's probably good for you, right? It's a lot of complaining. I apologize if you're on there complaining. But on the Nextdoor app, I wrote about a community table. And I wrote, like, all we're trying to do is get people together because there's a relational poverty in Thornton. And this older lady wrote, oh, my gosh, I suffer so much from relational poverty. This is out in public in front of everyone. I would love to do this. I would also be interested in the monthly spaghetti nights. Someone talked about spaghetti nights. I would be glad to contribute money or any of, their, any of these causes. I'm not looking for a free meal just to make some friends. I am just so terribly lonely. Thank you so much for doing this. I am so terribly lonely. Jesus says we can gain the whole world yet lose our soul. Have you ever felt like, you, man, I, everything I did, I feel like I'm together. I, I have all these things together. Why do I feel so distant? Why, have you ever said, man, I'm just not myself. I feel kind of empty. I feel something's wrong on the inside. Those are all soul language. That is God telling you that you can gain everything you want. You can have the right job because we always say, if I have the right, this is, this is our talk, if I have the right job, if I have the right job, if I have the right job, then, then, right? And then comes this statement right here. It doesn't, there's still an emptiness that we need to, there's a soul that needs to be had. And it comes with knowing God and knowing others deeply, the great command. I want us to take that seriously. God made us for community. God made us for community. And finally, physical poverty. And I, I skipped over all that information that I had for you back there. You can skip that slide. And the physical poverty for me represents this. And this is maybe somewhere uh, you can start dreaming right now. I believe that, uh, that Hill City needs to be a dream factory. I really believe that. That God has put giftings and things in you guys that only you guys can do. I can't do your dream. I cannot live your dream. And it will frustrate you to no end when, when you want me to live your dream. If you, I wish my church did this. You are the church. Do it. You are the church. I, I am not the church. I, I'm, just, I'm John, and I'm part of the church, right? And we are the church. I think physical poverty represents to me not a handout in Thornton, but a chance, a leg up, one connection. I believe the church is connection rich. 
There's people in this room, people right now, young men and young women and families that need your connection. Connection to a job, connection to a, a life group or a group of people, connection to wise counsel. Jeez, more than ever, don't we need wise counsel? Don't we need wise counsel financially? Like, I don't know how to do this. Ask someone who's great at it. There's tons of people in this room, right? Uh, connection to wisdom, connection to information, connection to purpose, peace, connection to Jesus. How do you do this? How do you do this? Brandon, how do I follow Jesus? Right? Tina, how do I follow Jesus? People have those thoughts, and they're like, oh, I'll just do what everyone else does. Like, I'm going to do three things, pray and come to church and sometimes read my Bible. Like, that's not the end of it. Jesus is not teaching you three things. He's teaching you a way of life, right? So I believe you are the connection that so many people inside and outside these walls need. People need our connections. Guides to marriage. I wish I would ask more questions like, how do you do this? Because I wouldn't have said so many dumb things that I regret today. Like, I regret, I'm like, should have never said that ever. Now it comes up, I can't even say, don't say that, because I said that, <laughs> right? I was like, I was the one who said that. And, and uh, ways to deal with our children. Parenting. We're not all awesome parents right off the bat, right? There's ways that some of you guys have parented so well. We need your wisdom. We need your wisdom. And so, and, and we need guides for life. I really believe that the church needs to be a guide. The people in the church need to learn how to be guides for life. In, in 1 Corinthians 4.15, it says, We have many teachers, many tutors, but not enough fathers. And Paul then says, I have become a father to you through the gospel, saying, I'm a real father to you through, through Christ. I'm really going to lead you like you're my son, right? We have many guides, in it, but not enough fathers. The vision of Hill City is to to develop guides for our, our city, guides for our city, to love Thornton well. We even bought the domain website, lovethornton.com, because we were trying to figure out how do we bring people together to love our city better. So even put that on your radar, because now you're beginning to think. I want you guys to open up and start dreaming, thinking, because God made you very special, way smarter than me in so many areas. But how are we going to do this? And, and, it's, and, and it's one thing to talk about it and another thing to be about it. This year in 2019, we were about it. Well, Candace and I, we started looking through the pictures and looking through the things we were doing. I was like, we were about it, man. We were about it. And, and, we used to, and, and so I want to show you just this movie slide. I'm going to talk over it. But it just showed that little, uh, that little blurb. And these are some pictures, and it doesn't even give us enough. But here, this is... This is the homeless outreach that our kids are doing. That's why we have bags in our cars. This is the IF conference, over 50 women there. Look at this. This is us at the uh, assisted living doing Easter. And I think this is Mark. Is that you, Mark? That's good. That's a nice, that looks nice on you. This is the people that we minister to, the forgotten few. Look at that. Look at those lips. Yeah. Look at that. Just listening. This is urban outreach, serving the homeless brothers and sisters. Look at that, feeding them with food. And then look at that, beautiful, feeding them the word of God and food and relationship. These are our kids loving people. You guys are famous, that's right. Look at, look at that. That's Michael with messy hair. This is us playing volleyball in the apartments in the back is calling our name. This is us just doing a picnic together for our community baptisms, little ones, and then giant humans. Yeah. And this is us in DR, Dominican Republic, doing a clinic, a health clinic, and then teaching children. That's the team right there with nice missionary dresses. And here we go. This is our, what we do with our teachers. If they want to get involved, we, we give through our teachers into the schools. Jackets, food. Like, some kids don't get to eat, so we provide food for them. This is Jenna, who's not here today, but she has this, we got to give through her. Community pictures. This is Santa pictures, right, for our community. One is joyful. The other is like the father. And uh, look at that. Our community. This is community table. Putting my daughter to work. This is the team right there. Just providing a meal so we can talk together. Just to hear someone's story is so legit. Here we go. Here's bingo. 
We tried not to win at bingo because it would be awful. Can you imagine? And here go. Here's the homeless outreach. I believe, uh, I believe 40 people from this church showed up this year to serve. That's a long line. How beautiful is that? Give yourselves a hand. I'm not going to talk any more about community table, but I want to tell you that every Friday, there's an addiction recovery program that's going on here. And, it, and, it, and people are being loved and ministered to. People who are affected by addiction. Guess what? We're all affected by addiction. But we always wanted to have a class for others maybe that are addicted and cast away, right? Substance addiction, pornography addiction, sex addiction. People who just can't overcome their past. People who need healing. We have a place for you. We have the assisted living that goes on monthly. I call them the forgotten family, the forgotten few. People who have lost their physical freedoms. That's very hard. But we did an Easter outreach, and the community director, her name was Angel, she was in tears and said, this has never happened. No one has served us like this before, right? Of course, urban outreach, we've been doing that for years. But we gave well to Global Call, which is our African missionary. And we're going to, I swear, we're going to start a church over there. We can call it whatever you want, right? But at Global Call, we have been serving the orphans and the widows. We've been starting businesses for widows because when you become a widow in certain parts of Africa, the only thing that you could do is become a prostitute after that because they don't have the rights that we have here today. Praise God, right? That we, that God has like just has blessed us that we can bless them, right? So I want to I make a bigger challenge for us this year. Let's double down on this. Can we be part of starting more businesses all over Africa for these widows? And they start businesses, and their kids start going to the schools that we, that we are also funding. So the, the orphans have a place to go to become students. And when you're educated, it's like giving them life, right? And when you have a business, it's like giving them life. And in the DR, we sent over 500 pairs of glasses. We, as in you guys did, your giving matters. You guys sent over 500 glasses because we asked them, what's the need? What's the need? And they said, uh, people can't see. We said, all right, we're going to send over some glasses. And we sent over 500 of them. Praise God. Thank you guys for allowing us to do that. Yeah, give, give God praise. We sent over a medical team and a missions team. And this year, there's a lot of desire in people's heart to start a permanent clinic there. And I was like, man, I wonder if we can back that up. Can we start a hospital in the DR? And, and, and we'll call it, I don't know, little clinics. No, I'm just kidding. That's King Supers. Uh, but uh, we call it whatever you want, man. But can we make a difference all the time, every day? Right? Vision. And, and it seems impossible, but together... It's absolutely possible. See all the people we've reached together? If you have a heart for it, those Christmas pictures, uh, that was always my, uh, my heart because I grew up poor. I don't know about you. We grew up poor. We didn't have Christmas pictures. We drew Christmas pictures, right? We didn't have family pictures. So every time I get to take pictures of families, it's a joy for me because I didn't grow up like that. We didn't grow up like that. And then, of course, the homeless outreach. And, but how, that's what we're going to do. We're going to double down this year. Double down. Let's love Thornton well. But the way, but this is the other side of it that I'm asking for you. And I want you to listen, listen, because these are, this is good and well, right? This is, it's, I'm not saying it's, I'm not going to belittle it, right? Because we also have youth discipleship down there. We have, we have all sorts of beautiful things we're doing. We're loving Thornton plus. But I believe more than ever, we need to become disciples of Jesus. And you're like, I know, I've always heard that. No, no, I, I, I need us to step to make this different. How do we train and make disciples? Of course, we have growth track. If you haven't been through growth track, go through it. This is how you learn about uh, the church and how to get it involved. And, and this is the plan that we have to start your discipleship and learn basic Christianity. But we have cultivate. If you want to get more information, educated in how to study the Bible, how to pray, how to defend your faith, to know the history of Christianity. And then we're pushing discipleship this year, discipleship stronger, training and practicing the way of Jesus. But to push discipleship, I, I need disciple makers who want to first be discipled and then make disciples. That's, right? That's our mission. I think the mission of every church is the same, to make 
Christ-like disciples in community for our community. I, I believe that's the mission of every single church, and it does not change. How we do it looks very, can look different, but the mission is always discipleship. So discipleship training is practicing the ways of Jesus. I want you and to be a little crazy with me because I've been a little crazy, as Candace. I've just been crazy believing that I want to carry the yoke of Jesus. And Jesus lived and practiced a life a certain way. How do you become humble like Jesus? How do you find that joy? There's so much writing that he was so filled with joy. Kids ran to Jesus. Kids don't always run to me. Right? There's some people that you know, Micaiah, you're joyful. Kids will run to you. Kids will not run to Gina. We're different, right? <laughs> but the, certain people carry joy. Isn't that true? My, kids love my wife, right? They love Sunny. There's certain people that carry joy. But it happens because they're joyful people. I am trying to work on some joy. Not, I'm not trying to mad dog kids anymore. I'm trying to be better, right? I'm like, life is serious. Stop smiling. No, I'm, just, I'm just trying to learn the way of Jesus, because Jesus teaches, uh, he says, I am the way, the truth, and life. And if you want to have the life of Jesus, you have to mix, you have to practice the way of Jesus plus the truth of Jesus, and it gives you the life of Jesus. I believe that wholeheartedly. But practicing the way of Jesus, what did Jesus do? Well, he went away, and he got, he went away to be alone by himself. And like, I don't like that. I'm not feeling that, John. Solitude is a practice of Jesus. Disciples, we need to practice slowing down and being alone with God. Fasting is a practice of Jesus. Well, I like to eat. Well, we're saying, I want to carry your yoke with you, Jesus. I'm going to learn even how to fast. I don't even like that. I don't even like the word fasting. <laughs> we're actually started a, we're starting a fast tomorrow to the 27th. So if you want to join us, join us. Prayer. Can you really learn how to pray? Not praying so just for your sake, like I got some things I want to tell you, but praying because you just want to be in the presence of God. You just want to know him. You want to know how his voice speaks to you, and he speaks to you. Sabbath, this is a good one. Do you ever turn off your phone? Yeah. Yes? Yeah. So my son's like, yes, because you turn it off for me. <laughs> but turning things off and learning how just to be, learning how to be human. I believe Jesus more than ever is teaching us how to be human because we are, we are androids, right? We are half robot, half humans right now. Everything that we do is stuck on this thing. Our identity is found on this thing. We get nervous wondering what people will say on our social media. We get nervous when we get certain emails and it gets, makes us anxious. Isn't anxiety like just skyrocketing? What if we learned how to Sabbath, just be with one another, just turn this sucker off and just, Jesus is trying to teach us to slow down in life just for a moment. Be a dad, be a mom, laugh, play games. Don't let your kids always beat you, though. I, I, I don't do that. I let them lose. I, I need to be humble. <laughs> There's places I'm working on. But the way of Jesus plus the truth of Jesus lives it equals the life that you've always wanted. He says the life more abundantly. Uh, Paul says the life that is really life in Timothy. It's all over the place. But can we carry that yoke when he says, come to me? Not the way that American Christianity has done in the past, like I want to add Jesus to it. No, Jesus, I want to learn your way of life. If your way of life today is not working, can we, wait, can we practice the way of Jesus a little more? I'm going to be pushing it, man, all year long. How are you practicing the way of Jesus? Because if the way that we're living is not working, why continue? Are we insane? Most of us, we would say yes. We are so stuck in the system of this world of consumering, consumering, consumerism. Of, of, we are so stuck in the system. Jesus says, I'm a way. I am a system. I'm a pattern of life. Follow me. He says, narrow is the way to life, Right? He's not saying, he's not just talking about heaven or hell. We always make it heaven or hell. No, he's saying, I am a way to life, a narrow way. And then there's another way that, that's wide open that leads to destruction. Don't go that way. Don't go that way. And that's discipleship. And, of course, we have leadership. We have groups. And then we have Yobla right there, Y-O-B-L, Yobla. I don't know how to say that right, right? But that's a year of biblical literacy. I want you to know your Bible this year.
I want you to know what part of the story of God you're in this year. Just imagine, like, if we don't know what part we're playing in the story of God, we're going to be confused what the Bible is all about. We're going to teach that this year. We're doubling down on that. And finally, this is my ask of you. Our life in Christ does not start with our acceptance of Jesus. Our life in Christ starts by our surrender to a new way of life. He's like, follow me. Take this yoke upon me, on you. He's not saying, just accept me, say the prayer. He's saying, will you actually follow me in this new system, this new way of life? And I'm telling you, there's going to be levity. There's going to be joy. You're going to be filled with my spirit. And you're going to have community that's deep. I believe more than ever, people need Jesus today. And I, and I want you to believe this. I believe that the next generation of Christians are going to be greater than the last, greater than me. I believe, and Phil believes, that our youth, that you guys in this room are going to be way greater than me. You will be better leaders, better moms, better dads, better Christians, better businessmen, uh, better, better uh, physical therapists. You guys are going to be way better. And that is our desire. But I need you guys to believe that with me. That this is, this is not the best that there is. There's so much better for those who are ahead. But we are going to dig the path to prepare the way so that our people that are walking in this room will be way better than us. Because we're going to be fathers and mothers of the faith who carry wisdom and the passion of Christ, humility, encouragement. And we ask them to follow the way of Jesus, carry that yoke together. I believe this is where we stand today. And more than ever... I need your help. I need your help. We need people not only to come to church, but to be the church. Not to be a part of attending, but like, man, to be a part of the arms and legs. We need you to use your gifts and talents. I need you to dream. I need you to dream. I need people to make bold moves this year in 2020. Start a group. Host one. Invest in others. Coach the next generation. Would you consider joining this vision? Let's just bow our heads for a moment. I'm going to ask you some questions. Would you consider joining this vision? Believing that you can love Thornton. Believing that you can be used by God. Disciple people in the way of Jesus spiritually, relationally, and physically. Would you allow us to train and lead you to love our city and glorify God? Would you invest your time? Would you invest your finances? And I'm not asking you just to make a decision. I'm asking you to pray and fast with me. Our world is ever-changing, and the church today needs legs. We must be equipped and trained and sent out. The longing of the soul of eternity is always going to be there. But would you join in on what God is doing, carrying that yoke? Come to me, all who are weary. If you're weary, Jesus is giving you an invitation. If you are ready, Jesus is saying, I got all the authority. Man, will you make disciples with me? I'm with you to the very end of the age. Will you do that? What we need today is to build disciples who love the word of God, who know God in prayer, who carry their part of the family, who can defend the faith, who are trained by spiritual fathers and mothers. Would you double down? Some of you guys, you guys need to go to cultivate class. Some of you guys need to put yourself, submit yourself and say, you know what? God, use me. Because we want to reach Thornton one life at a time in this location, as the apartments open up across the street. Maybe you live there. It's full of young families, people in transition. The park is perfect to reach out. I ask you, would you consider joining me on this vision, being a part of the family? Not so you get something, but you partake in something, life that is really life. Would you come to the next community dinner on the 20th? January 20th. Would you serve in urban outreach Thursday the 9th this week? And lastly, would you consider becoming a disciple and being trained this year?
That's my ask of you today. Heavenly Father, just speak to us. I pray, I know you are opening up so many things in our minds, God. But let us just focus down. Thank you, Lord. I pray this year, whatever you want to do, your will be done, Lord God, on earth, in Hill City, in Thornton, as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. bring up the communion elements. And as they're passing those out, I just encourage you to keep thinking about those questions that John asked and be thinking about how the vision um, is true in your life. So they're going to go ahead and pass those out. And I'm going to um, just share a minute about communion. I know sometimes it feels like something that we tack on to the end of a service or uh, put there just so we can get it done and say we've done it for the month. But I just want you to know that communion is a really important part of the Christian faith and practice, that it represents uh, something very important in our lives, a reality that's happening here and now. We've talked a lot in the last year about the in-between, about how you can get caught in the in-between feeling like God might have done something in the past and he's going to do something in the future, but what's happening right now? And I feel like the, the practice of communion really represents that in a way too because Jesus celebrated Passover with his disciples back then. And he said that we are going to celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb in the future that all of us together, the diverse, amazing group all across the world that believes in Jesus here and now and in the past is going to come together and be celebrating that we are one body, we're one people of God, and that we have been saved by the sacrifice of Jesus, by putting our trust in him, by following God. And so I just ask you to think about that for a minute. If you feel like Sometimes I think communion feels like we have to be in this certain overly spiritual place in order to be able to take it. But the Bible really, the restrictions it puts on taking communion is that you believe in Jesus and that you're being thoughtful about your life as a disciple of his. And then the only, uh, the only real harsh thing Paul ever had to say about people taking communion wrongly was that they were feasting and eating and drinking and ignoring the poor among them. They were ignoring the people who were suffering among them. So really, as you take this, even if you feel like you're in that in-between place, if you believe in Jesus, and if you want to do your best to, to help the suffering people around you and follow Jesus as his disciple, then please join with us in this communion, in this community practice of remembering that Jesus did this in representation of his death and sacrifice and resurrection, and that we will all do this together in the future when God is going to make everything right. So if you want to take your, your cup, uh, on the night that Jesus celebrated, oh, do, doing this backwards, aren't I? Uh, <laughs> the night that Jesus celebrated the Passover with his disciples, he took the bread and he broke it, so, as John says, if you want to break it in your hand, you can. To remember that his body was broken for us. And then he took the cup. And wine is a symbol of celebration, just like we're going to celebrate when God makes everything new. But it's also a symbol, like Jesus said, of his blood being poured out for us. So he took the cup and he said to remember that this was his blood, his sacrifice for us.
I just want you guys to continue to ask, God, what does it mean to carry your yoke with you, God? What does that mean? As we leave, we'll have guys in the back with the offering bags, and we can do that as you on the way out. But I just want you guys to continue to ask that question. What does it mean to walk with you, Jesus, to be your disciple? It can't mean just come to church and read some Bible sometimes and pray. God, it has to be a, a new way of life, God. Teach me that way. I pray that that be our desire this year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for being here. We have Urban Outreach uh, coming up this uh, Thursday. Be a part of that. We have community dinner coming up on the 20th. There's a lot of things going on. Be a part of it. Be a part. God bless you guys. Also, life groups are coming in a couple of weeks. Think and pray about that.